Welcome to the best of trending in education. This is Mike Palmer taking you back to the fall of 2018, a bit of a way back ride when we attended the National Association of Broadcasters event at the Javits Center here in New York City. We were joined by the host of the Science Versus podcast, Wendy Zuckerman. If you hadn't heard of Wendy or you haven't heard her show, she's really remarkable, amazing to get her as part of this conversation that we had live in front of a live audience. You can even hear a live question at the end. I'm joined by Brandon Jones, who was my co-host in the early days of Treading in Ed. And we really just had a blast out there live with Wendy on the show floor of the Javits Center back in a very different time in 2018. Touched on some really interesting topics and themes that I think you'll enjoy. Interesting takes on the vaccine conversation pre-COVID and some wild and wacky takes from the world of science and how to be entertaining while still informing and maintaining your credibility. Topics that are still relevant to this day, as is the anti-science movement that we touched on as part of this conversation was interesting foreshadowing in light of what we've been through over the past few years. I would say check out what Wendy's doing at Gimlet. She's been doing some really fascinating fact-checking of folks like Joe Rogan and even becoming a bit of an advocate and an activist in service of good critical thinking, good science literacy. Definitely worth checking out. And with that, I hope you enjoy this conversation live from the floor of the Javits Center during NAB New York in the fall of 2018. Take it away with the best of trending in education. Welcome, everyone, to a very special edition of Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, joined, as always, by my colleague, Brandon Jones. Brandon, yes. how are you? I'm quite well. I'll tell you a little bit more about how I am and where I am in just a second. Yeah. But we have a, another guest we want to make sure we have everybody... An we have an amazing guest. We, have, like, we do. The, the bestest uh, the guest. The best guest. Yes, yes. So we have Wendy Zuckerman. Wow. Uh, from Science Versus. Wendy, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I've never been introduced via rhyme, the best guest. It's we try. Yeah. 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 Not only do we have Wendy with us, which makes this amazing, but we're also not in our typical uh, audio booths. Right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you, you will hear Wendy, uh, hopefully, otherwise we've done a bad job of hosting, <laughs> but you'll also hear probably like everybody else. Yeah. We are, um, uh, there's some ambience here, some ambient noise, some some folks standing here. Uh, with us live, we are at the Javits Center here in New York City at the uh, National Association of Broadcasters trade show. Yes. And we are uh, coming live from the trade show floor. So yes. uh, listen, uh, and hopefully those of you who are around can enjoy the show today. But listeners who are listening to this just through the learn holes, yes. you're, you're missing out on this whole setting that's going on around here. Correct, correct. It's you know, old media, new media. It, it's a veritable gumbo of media. It styles. sure is. And we're really lucky to have somebody from Gimlet with us. So, Wendy. Yes. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. What is this like? Where Where are we? Can you describe? Our listeners are hearing us right now. How would you describe what you're seeing? I guess it's like a airport hangar yeah. meets uh, meets industry, just hullabaloo. Yes. Yes. Let's put it that way. It's, it's all of those things. Last time I was at NAB in New York, so we're at the Javits Center in New York. Last time I was here two years ago, the NAB conference happened. 
and it was literally the day after the 2016 election. So we were walking around in the same facility, and there were literally still balloons in the rafters for what was supposed to be a celebratory acceptance speech. Ooh, wow. and, uh, and let me say, the mood here is much more positive. And we wanted to talk about the intersection between education and learning and podcasting. And uh, as luck would have it, both of our shows are both educational and their podcast. It's amazing. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah. Really. I mean, can you talk a little bit about what your show is and, uh, and how long you've been doing it and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. So I host a podcast called Science Versus, which is made by Gimlet Media. Yeah. But I was making it in Australia a couple of years ago. And it was never meant to be a full time job, just a thing, a fun thing on the side. And the show is all about trying to take these ideas that people have in the communities, like things that are in the zeitgeist, things they've always thought are true. Zeitgeist alert. We love that word. I, I try to say zeitgeisty almost every show. It's really fun. I mean, it's hard to spell, but yeah. it's great to say. It's like hullabaloo. Right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what we do. And then we put all these ideas under like the scientific microscope and yeah. we really try to inject fun, but take emotion out of these otherwise potentially emotional issues. Yeah. So, Last week, we did an episode on gentrification, which lots of people, particularly in New York, have yes. lots, of, lots of feelings about. But we tried as hard as possible to just look at the data to say what exactly is going on. Yeah. Um, but we also tackle fun, funner, less heady issues uh, like essential oils, uh -huh. uh, a little bit less political, um, you know, veganism and yes. schmilks. Schmilks. Brandon was kind enough to stop by Starbucks to pick up some caffeinated beverages. I sure did. I stood in a 30-person line. That's what happens when you're in a trade show like this. And I uh, timed the amount of time it took five people. Yes. And then figured out if I had enough time to stay in line. I just barely did. Yeah. But they say my name's on them. So if you think you're drinking my beverage, it's because you are. I, that looks like you. It sure does. Yeah. How's the schmilk? It's great. Which, for those, I guess, who haven't listened to oh, the yeah. episode, is a word we coined, my amazing producer, Rose Ribler, coined. Non-dairy related milk. Because the dairy industry doesn't want soy milk, oat milk, rice milk to be called milk. They're trying to figure out what word you can use. Well, right? even the FDA came forward, right. you know, thank goodness, because they told us like you can't, you know, like almonds don't lactate. Right. Thank God. Yeah. We have we have that from right. them. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I would you never know. No. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I mean ultimately we all call it almond milk. You put it on your cereal. But we thought it was funny to call it schmilk. Oh, I love it. I love it. Schmilk. We were brainstorming the two ideas that we came up with. I don't think they, they're as good as schmilk, but we did say nut juice. Ooh, nut juice. Yeah, trouble, right? So stay away from nut juice. It, then also, what was the other one? Oh, woke milk. I feel like it's a misuse of the word woke. But it is true that we did find that all of these schmilks, nut juices, are better for the environment. So right. they are not just a fad. Right. In that way, I guess you you are more woke in some ways if you're oh, drinking them. Exactly. And then also the, the vegan show, you talked about dairy there too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So with the vegan show, I mean, that was like a big, I think we had a lot of like, shocking moments when we were researching that because there's a lot of ideas people have about um, whether you need to eat meat and drink milk to be healthy. And like all through our childhood, all through my childhood, I was told like you need dairy for strong bones. Right. And from the best science we have, it does suggest that you need calcium for strong bones. Right. But whether you need, absolutely need milk, there are question marks, which I was surprised by because According to the ads, there was no question marks in those ads right, right. growing up. Right, because God Milk was legendary, right? Exactly. There was a question, but uh, right. it was I like, have there you there got milk? There was a question mark in that God Milk <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't around when right. the science right. suggested you needed it. For right, it was the, the, the way it was delivered, it was, it was 
better half milk exclamation point. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I see where you're going. Yeah. How do the shows that you do sort of come to be? Like, how do you select topics? Do you have a backlog of topics that you're working through now? Like, how does how does that happen? Yeah, we have a pitch process. And it. I mean, there is this backlog. It's kind of funny. Like when I started this show in 2014, and just to like give you a sense of what was happening in 2014, our first show and the pilot was on the paleo diet. Like, remember, it feels like it feels like such a long time ago. You know, yep. now we have the ketogenic diet and various iterations. But that was my my first episode, and I remember when I was pitching this show to the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, right. at the time. Like, I really didn't think there was going to be, you know, years of of like a career ahead of me in this kind of fact checking zeitgeisty stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, you know, once you get through. I mean, in that first season, we did like the gay gene and pornography and like we hit the big hitters. And then like eventually we got to in America, we got to like vaccines and climate change. And you're like, how many of these can there be? Right. But the truth is there are so many. There are so many ideas that people have about so many topics and they haven't done any research on them. There's just like this feeling of like, "Mm, I think that's bad or like, "Mm, I think this is definitely good. And so there is this like never ending list. But to how we kind of refine what we decide to cover, since you could do this, you know, ultimately forever, it seems like, is we really try and pick topics that either are are really in the moment. So we've got a topic on CBD coming up. Uh That's really kind of having a moment. Last season, we did the ketogenic diet. What is CBD? CBD is cannabinoid and then BD, right? uh, Cannabidiol. It's it's ultimately like a a chemical in um, cannabis. So like Uh THC, they're like, they're like, easy narrative is like THC is what makes you high. Uh-huh. CBD is a panacea. Oh, that's delightful. Isn't it? Yeah. So you can put it in your coffee and uh-huh. like, pazam, you with feel amazing. Milk, a little CBD with your schmilk. Exactly. So there's, but there, you know, CBD has a much more interesting story uh, and there is some interesting science around it, but it's definitely having a moment. And so that was something that we did really want to find more information on. So I think that's basically how we pick it. Like what's super interesting, what has an interesting story behind it and what's going to be counterintuitive. So one topic that we've kind of, as an example of something that we haven't tackled yet, is like the flu shot. Because I guess, what would you guys think an episode on the flu shot would be? Like, do you think it's effective? Do I think the flu shot is effective? Or what do I think a flu shot episode should be about? And would that be effective? I'll answer the second one. I, I mean, I, <laughs> the I, first one. <laughs> yeah, the first one. Well, I get a flu shot every year now. So I, I have a four-year-old daughter. We talk about her on the show every now and then. Shout out to Penny. Shout out to Penny if you're listening. Uh, Why are you listening to a podcast? You're four. And it was like indoctrinated. They put the doc indoctrinated in uh, in me that as a new parent, you must get a flu shot. Otherwise, you're exposing your child to undue risk. Yeah, I know you've got the vaccination anti-vax movement show as well, but I bought it. And so now I just do it. It happens for free on a day in my office. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll get the flu shot. I guess that would be, for me, the central argument for a show is, is the science behind it good? Is it helpful in the micro sense for individual patients? Is it good for us as a society? Like, are we doing uh, more net good or more net harm? I think those are interesting topics to tackle. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason we haven't tackled it yet is that the answer is probably. Yeah. (laughs) So the answer is like, which I think most people know, but we may end up covering it, is that like, it's not going to 
it's not 100%, so you can get the flu shot. Right. Everyone's nodding, right? Everyone already knows this. Like, it's not 100%. It's still pretty good. It protects you from a couple of strains, maybe more than a couple. So do you prefer shows where the answer is definitively yes or definitively no in the end? Or does that make for a better show, typically, when there is something dispositive you can get to? I think there has to be something that, like, upends your current beliefs. So if if people have very strong beliefs about something and we can say there's no science, there's or the science hasn't come, then that's interesting. Those are the good ones. Those are the good ones. Right? Where you're like, you know, where people are like, I definitely know this. And you're like, well, science doesn't. So how do you? That's interesting. If people have like very strong beliefs and then we can say the science is against you, that's interesting. If people have like beliefs and all we can say is the science is then those are the episodes that are kind of like, well, I didn't really think anything of this and turns out neither to science. So we tried this, by the way, just a quick interjection. We tried this with learning styles. So there is a belief that there are learning styles that people are visual learners or auditory learners, etc. The literature that the science behind suggests that's not true. But we tried that and our listeners were like, thank you. But I still don't believe it. Like, oh, yeah. So it made me think of it when you said that people have strong beliefs. Sometimes even when presented with the science behind, that doesn't always make a believer into a different believer. No. I mean, if only, right? I mean, the world would if be only. a very yeah. different place if that wasn't the, the case. No. I mean, I don't have delusions of grandeur that when people listen to our show, they're like, what? We need to start acting on climate change. But I do hope that people listen and then they have the tools to when they're in a discussion with their family or friends to be like, well, I just listened to a show about this and this is what the science says. And yeah. hopefully little by little you like etch away. We, we have had, I think one of the episodes that we get the most emails about people saying, I actually changed my mind, thank you, was our attachment parenting episode. And I don't know what it was about that episode or that topic. Perhaps it was because we had a mum who practiced attachment parenting. And then when we were like, you know what, there's like no research here. The guy who created this is kind of a shyster. She really like listened and took it on and was like, oh, wow. She didn't like regret the way that she had started, but she was really putting her whole life into this kid. And like attachment parenting is effectively like you, you can't have a job and be a full on attachment parent. So you're really like sacrificing a lot, which might be worth it if the science was like, this baby will be happier. But if there's no science there, you're just doing this this huge sacrifice for not much benefit. And she really listened. And I think lots of people like sent that around to their friends who they saw crumbling under the pressures of attachment parenting and were like, just have a listen. Like there's just have a listen. And, and the response was amazing. People being like, thank you so much. Like I really did feel like, you know, because around the, the schoolyard, you know, they were like, mm, well, you know, you've got to, you know, that baby's not attached to you right now. Like all this pressure. But to be able to be like, there's no science there. Like I don't have to succumb to this. So sometimes. Yeah, that's great. Helps. I think one changed life is a success. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that we've run into a lot is frequently it's complicated, right? There's not a definitive. So. Full disclosure, I've been binging on Science Versus for the last two days. We had a little, like, uh, a thought experiment. Could I catch up to you? Yes. I started later, and I was listening at 1X. Yes. And you started earlier and listening at 2X. Yes. So it's unlikely that I was going to catch up to you. Yes. And I think Science Versus, I didn't. Right. But, 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 But I started with season one. When you were in Australia. A baby. A baby. baby. And you were, like, scoring 
like science for one of them was even science versus science. Yeah. And it was like it's pretty meta. And there was and it was scoring and it was I'm always like myself. it was like a half versus a half yeah. or it was like one versus zero. And I, I started to get confused. And I realized once you moved on to Gimlet, like you, you maybe dialed back on that scoring. But isn't it partly because it's just complicated? We've talked about that frequently. You start doing research, you realize the hot take is actually maybe a little more nuanced and you actually need to dig in and understand. Particularly, you're, you're sort of providing proof points for both sides of an argument, for example. Exactly. So I think the, the idea in season one was very much like science versus a topic. It's like the paleo diet. But it was a completely like false fight because like science always won. So even if the paleo diet won, science wins as well. Right. Um, so it like completely didn't work. And then even when like the topic itself had some truth to it. Yeah. Then we had to start doing like 0.5 to 1.5. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the fractions just got When you got to Gimlet, they're like, just no more with the points. No more with the half points, the hay points. If you're coming to Gimlet. <laughs> We're going to drop this whole point thing. Was that, that was part of the, part of the deal. Um, it was, I mean, there were lots of discussions. There was no, like, you have to pass this, but it was very quickly like, look, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, it doesn't really. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what Gimlet is and what it's like to produce those shows and particularly the sound? You guys do amazing stuff with sound and amazing stuff with your credits because you're a science show. So can you talk about what it's like to work with, who is Gimlet, what it's like to work with them and what goes into your shows? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Gimlet Media is a podcast company and it was started up by uh, Alex Bloomberg, who used to work for This American Life and Planet Money. And he had this vision to create this like ultimately a home for really well-crafted podcasts where people had like time and resources to make beautiful audio and so shows that we make that people might know are Reply All, Startup was the first one, right. Crime Town, Heavyweight. So there's now I think there's this slate of like 10, 10 shows, maybe more. And so at uh, Gimlet, you're, you're given, I'm given so many resources that I didn't have when I was in Australia because it was very much podcasting was like a cottage industry then. Right. So at Gimlet, I have like a whole team and uh, I have a senior producer, amazing Caitlin Sorry. I have like... Two, two producers, an intern, and I have a sound engineer oh, who's yeah. that beautiful sound that you're hearing oh who my God. scores her own, like she makes score, like she makes music for particular episodes, Emma Munga. Yeah. And it's absolutely astonishing. And you can hear, you can hear the difference. Like, yeah. you know, she, she's like, you know, she, she hates fading down like music. She's like, that's, you know, we've got to do this like beautiful panache resolve that like with these effects that I have no idea. And it just sounds. It sounds amazing. So it's, and, and you, the editing process at Gimlet is astounding. So we go through about three edits and then we build the actual episode and then people listen, put right. in notes. And then we have an independent fact checker. And then uh -huh. we have like someone on the team who hasn't worked on it. Then they become a fact checker sure. as well. Yeah. So it's this, this like huge, very detailed process before it goes out into the world. Similar, pretty similar yeah, to how we operate. operate. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got such sound envy from your oh show, like Science Versus, which by the way, we should keep saying. Yes. People need to know uh, sure. where Wendy's from. There are all these like cool effects that I just, I, was, I thought those from listening to my own show, I thought those were impossible. Like you couldn't <laughs> do those in 2018. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for some, some more sounds. Bad trombone. I feel like that could That's my favorite trombone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The cool thing though, from a learning perspective, it does seem like the sound actually helps tie to a previous association. Granted, I've been binging. It was at 2X. Stuff's flying by fast. You talk about a baby when the anti-vaxxing show I'll hear like a little baby cry and like it actually adds depth to my experience because it's tying to like 
emotional associations and like prior memories and things like that. It almost reminds me of memes, like a visual meme. The pushback on our learning style show was so many people are just watching content right now, as opposed to listening to it or reading it. They expect to see GIFs. They expect to see visuals. But I feel like you guys do a nice job of almost a corollary to that with your audio production. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like we have fun with the sounds, but they do have a purpose. We try to use jokes and use silly sounds and then use emotional sounds. But the, the driving force is always getting the science right. right. So if we have a character that has this emotional story, it's supposed to help you remember and understand the science. But the sounds, they, they are important. So when sometimes we put like a silly sound, it's there to like wake you up. Like right. it's there if, you know, if we've just told you like a lot of heavy research, you know, we may do a silly sound effect that some people are like, what was that? Like, what was, what was that? But it's there to be like, oh, wait, I'm listening. This yeah. is something. Did I even miss something? I better go back. You know, it's, it's there for a purpose. And like the scoring is, is there to tell you like, this is one beat. Right. Now we're going to switch beats. We're going to switch the scoring. So it, it has like its own character. Yeah. And particularly with audio, as you say, you know, obviously we don't have the visuals to be like, we're going into a different scene now. We're going into a different scene now. So right. the, the scoring has to play that role. And then I know fact-checking and crediting your sources is also something that you seem very passionate about. When you listen to the end of the show, that the last two minutes or so are citing a running list of doctors and professors and experts we're at a media conference. Everyone's talking about fake news and uh, crisis of truth. You guys almost seem like a force for good. Can you talk about like the importance of fact checking and peer review? Even when you did science versus science, you were sort of saying in some ways science eats itself and that's okay. I should have that as like a post-it note, like force for good yeah. on those, on those, right. day, on those bad sure, days. Yeah. Michael says. Well, it's a really affirming experience for you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. This is great. Fact checking is, is super, super important to us. So it's like, it's the entire brand of the show is that we have to get the facts right. I've always said, you know, if to my team, not to the world, like if the show is a little bit boring at times, that's more important. That's, that's, that's more important that it's boring and we get the facts right. So if it means we have to like take people on a bit of a journey about what the study has done. Right. And by journey, I mean, if it's going to be tough and complicated, if we get the science right, we can all go to sleep. That's right. fine. It has been hard though, because you read... To, to get a show that is half an hour, that is palpable and listenable and interesting yeah. and correct, you actually have to do so much more research than if you were going to do a two-hour journey into a topic where right. you can go into like every single avenue, even if you're like... Like a Nova special or something. Exactly. Right? You know, yeah. yeah, Or even, you know, to, to actually like research, you do this like pile of research and you're like, okay, the consensus is all building around this one particular idea. That's the idea this episode has to be about. We don't need to mention all these, like the root system or right. the everything else. If, if all the scientists are like heading towards this direction, that's what we focus on. But you need to do a ton of research to know where that consensus is building. And, you know, particularly in the early seasons of the show and in America, and like people didn't really know who I was. And obviously many people don't know who I am now, but before it was really like, wait, who is this? She's working for Gimlin. She's already telling me how to parent. Like, what is this woman? Um, you know, they, like at least in Australia, I kind of like, you know, people knew that I was like good at reporting science. Like, I, you know, but here it was just like, who is this and where is she getting her research from and what's going on? And, and you know, you can't see the citations 
in audio. You, right. you know, and right. we have thought about like, you know, could we do like an audio cue every time we're like citing a study, even if we're not, yeah. that's annoying. Yeah. And that's just like bragging rights almost. Like it's like you either trust us or you don't. But I think this season we've gotten better. So last season we actually started releasing transcripts of our script so people uh -huh. could see all the citations and that's helped with people being like, but but what about this? Or like, I work in a lab and you didn't mention my research. Right. That's a common one we get. And then we can just be like, we didn't mention yours, but this is all the research that yeah. we read. And then this season we're even telling people how many citations are in each yeah. episode just at the end so that then they get an even better sense of like, we ha we really have done our homework, no, guys. No, I know. We, and this is what we think. But it but it takes it takes a level of trust, and we do love that our audience is like. But what about this? And what right. about that? And sometimes they do say things that we haven't thought about, but often we have. Yeah, it is interesting to think about the level to which people are questioning what is true these days and the role that science can play. Do you feel like? you are representing science. It's a bold position to be like science versus and you're on the side of science. I, I appreciate that because like that's that's a strong take. And like for us, I mean, we're trending in education, but we're not like we are education. Yeah, it's true. And it, and it does mean there's this like very big expectation on the show that there's no loosey-goosey talk. I mean, you listen to some extremely popular podcasts where it's like an interview show, something like Joe Rogan, where he's just like having a chat with someone yeah. and the, you know, maybe even a scientist and the amount of stuff that I'm hearing that I'm like, what? Like, what? How are you possibly saying that? Like, how do you, like, where's your citations? Like, I want receipts. <laughs> like, no way he's getting as many, like, tweets as we do about, like, but what about that? But what about right. that? Because everyone's just like, it's just Joe. You're just yeah. having a chat. It's, yeah, like, yeah. called Joe Rogan. It's not called, like, this is the ultimate truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, like, an expectation that he set there, whereas we've set this expectation that's, like, we are science. Well, and, and I'd also say you're science, but you're also entertaining. People tend to think of these things as, like, mutually exclusive. You either, either you're entertaining or you're funny or you're engaging or you're teaching me about science. And uh, I think you're demonstrating that you can actually do both those things at the same time. And yet you almost have to, right? Because otherwise you're going you're gonna to lose the learner who's going to say, well, you know, there's a great show just came out on Netflix. Uh, I, may, I may stop learning right now. And instead I'm going to hop over there and watch TV. And I'm kind of learning anyway, right? Yeah. That, and that's, uh, you know, obviously what we're trying to do with education as well is that Education like science, oftentimes it's presented in a way that's, that's pretty dry and, and um, pretty dense. And I think the idea of bringing, we call it edutainment, and there's a sci-attainment. Oh, okay. sci-attainment. All right. That's right. so, yeah. a working title. We can work uh, shop, we'll work shop, work shop. Shop. That conceit of uh, it either has to be, you know, entertaining or it has to be sort of fact-based. I think that, that that conceit is a false construct. It's funny because we do fight against this idea of like, what is the voice of authority? Particularly at the beginning, but even now, uh, because we are trying to be funny and like, there's this like very nerdy tagline. It's like, we take science seriously, but not ourselves ah. is like the line. But we do get emails about and and tweets and reviews of the show that are like, there's not enough science in this show. Like, there's not enough. And ultimately, I think what's happening is it's because the science is like said in an entertaining way and because it's said with a female voice, right. a female like youngish voice. And so it's like sometimes people like just don't hear the fact that the entire show is science. Like we might have like three minutes of someone up the top, like telling a personal story. Right. But then it's just like back to back research. Yeah. And, if, and just I, I feel like because it's not said with this like 
official like BBC-esque voice of authority. It's right. not like an old man talking. It's like that, that people don't hear it. And we have even had shows where we will have a, a female scientist on, also called a scientist. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and people are like, you didn't even you didn't even address this issue, and I was like, "Yeah, we did." Like this this researcher spoke about it for like ten minutes. Right? Did you not hear that she was a researcher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is something you come up against when you're trying to make science fun. Right. It's like the expectations you're setting. I know you're normally on a show that has really religious fact checking, but today we were thinking about just floating some of the ideas that we've talked about on shows just to get your hot takes. Just lightning round? Here's a lightning round. All right. So you can just, All right. Just, ready. just give us give us your read on some of these topics. So the first one that we wanted to talk about was binge learning. Even heading into this show, Brandon and I both had to binge on a science versus just to, to get as much information into our brains as possible so that hopefully we could keep up with you today. So far, so good, I hope. But a lot of the research says that space repetition is better. You're better off not binging or cramming right before a test. Instead, it's better to kind of do some spaced repetition. So had I had more time, I should have listened to a few episodes. I've like literally listened to like 20 episodes in the last uh, 36 hours. So like, I can see that like, oh my God, the it's like in your the eye. science yeah. in my brains right now is crazy. That's but, uh, just how he looks. It's yeah, a, well, yeah, yeah, it's true. Get to know me. But um, are we asking Wendy if she's, t does she have, do you have any kind of science person, do you have right? Any take on binge learning or cramming? Or do you want to quiz us on shows? Yeah, okay, let's let's do this as a, as a test. Because sure. I, I haven't done any research on it, so I wouldn't want to uh, yeah, make we're, any claims. And that's like our wheelhouse. Uh, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. That's like... Uh, um, okay, so you said you listened to a whole bunch of episodes. Yeah. Okay, so um, Serial Killers. Yes. Uh, what do you now know about Serial Killers? Oh, my God. Okay, so Serial Killers, uh, there's a sexual thing. I remember you talked about that, where yeah. there is a sexual part. Uh... Uh, maybe that's what that's the main thing. I, there was I, think, I, think I feel like that's going to be the answer to all of you. Well, can you prompt me? I feel like with the prompt, I'll get it. I like want to make fun of you for that being your response, but I, literally, I that too. is that is my that was my takeaway as well. Like I was <laughs> yeah. much more excited to research to get into the topic of serial killers until I started researching it, and yeah. then I was like, oh, they're all just like. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're just weird. Like there's not there's, there's yeah, like they, very little fun here. These stuff. They're just like. It's like there's a lot of like sex stuff. There's a lot of like female violence. Like it yeah. actually just like the more I researched, I was like, I actually don't, I don't, don't. want to do this. Yeah. So, okay. So let's move away from that. Essential yeah. oils. I don't think I did essential oils, but I did do vegan. Okay. So the, the vegans one I thought was like dairy, not really helpful. And then, and then meats. Rabbits on your Meats and those things are, are generally better because you get the B12. And uh, so vegans need some supplements, but otherwise it's, it's generally, it's, it's better for the environment. And with some supplements, it's probably as healthy, if not maybe a little healthier. Although there was some science that said the meats and the, the proteins from hunting, I think it was like 2 million years we've been eating meat. So we started herbivorous and now we're omnivorous because we started with the meats. So I did better on that one, right? That's pretty good actually. Yeah. yeah. We can end the test section yes. of the uh, podcast here. Yeah. Talk about a couple things on the intersection of podcasting or the intersection of media and uh, education. So I have a hot take on this, which is that's another conceit that I think is a is a bit of a construct that if you have a broad enough definition of media, I, I think you can fit actually education into media. And I wonder if you have a thought on sort of how you see the role of media or your role as a podcaster 
intersecting with education? How do those two things, are they the same thing? Are they different things? Does one inform the other? Thoughts yeah. on that? I mean, I think media can absolutely be uh, educational, for sure. I mean, particularly today, like the line between media, education, fake news, like it's all just like mumbling together in this like weird, you know, teenage hormonal brew that I can't wait until like the internet like reaches adulthood and we like sort it all out. I absolutely see our show as being like educational in, in that people are learning things and they're hopefully like learning how to think about science. Like I think if they take anything away, even if they don't like agree with a topic or they're not convinced by the science, like at least I think they, there's this big anti-science push right now, which is obviously like very upsetting and, and, and very disturbing. But hopefully our show and, and others that are doing similar work go, go a little part of the way of just being like, look, science isn't perfect. It doesn't have all the answers, but it's the best we've got. And this is how you can yourself like analyze a study. Like if a news report comes out that says, you know, whatever, CBD cures autism, like you can look at that and you can start being like, okay, was it done in an animal study? It was done in humans. How many humans were in it? How long did this study go for? Who was it funded by? Like there are, there are tools in the toolbox that you can do your own critical thinking without just being, without just like saying these like jingoisms, like, oh, science, that's just, you know, funded by whatever. Like there's just these like jingoisms and it's like, well, who do you think is funding all this like natural like, right, right. you know, like you think that's just like coming out, well, you know, so I think hopefully it gives people their own tools. I am going to try to pitch that education is media in as much as it's delivered through a medium. And so the message matters. Let me create a broad enough definition. You Thank can you. shove anything you. in there. Sometimes we, we think about the medium for media as being, you know, really important for media and less so for education. But, you know, despite our debunking of the myth of learning styles, the way in which you deliver it is really important, right. I think. And so if there are people who are, you know, creators of educational content, one of the things that we've tried to encourage that, them to think about is be really purposeful in that. And so I think that the choice of, you know, audio as the medium that we all work in mm-hmm. and, you know, how you support that with transcript or show notes, things like that. Uh, I think all of that is relevant for thinking about educational content as well. We did do a recent show around memory palaces, how you can train your memory by using imagery and physical locations. It's an ancient... Yeah, so was that true? Is that that true? It was true based on us. Like, you guys may need to do further research, but there are a lot of, like, mental athletes who can memorize a ton of stuff because our brains are designed to remember physical spaces and then also really vivid imagery. And I do think you guys do that maybe naturally, but I feel like it works where you can make a very specific visual image or if you can make something that's a little bit funny or body or something that makes it salient, it actually sticks in the learner's memory better. Like even Moonwalking with Einstein, the name of the book that we were referencing, that was one of the things that Josh Furr was using. That was one of his mnemonics. There's good science about mnemonics. It's a good idea maybe for a show for you guys. We have a ton of ideas on that front just around stuff that we've done some preliminary research in, but it's almost like we should be serving that up to to dive into. That, that is something that our editors, like Alex Bloomberg and, and Caitlin Kenny, they do tell us and have told, like, particularly when I started it at Gimlet and I was like, let's just put all the data in the podcast. And they were like, the way that, that they have been taught. And again, I don't know about the science. This is just like something that we're kind of learning on the fly, completely anecdotal. But there's the, what we have 
been told is that like when you tell something through a story, yes. it, it does help people remember. And when you try and create an image around it, yeah. people people remember it better. Right. Um, and so I think what you do see in like the, the best podcasts or the podcasts when, when people are like, oh, what have you listened to recently? Often, I think people will like recount a, a story that they actually visualized in right. their head. Like there was one from This American Life recently about like a bunch of bird feathers that like that got um that got stolen and like I rem I like I remember that as if I saw it on television because right. it was so visual in the way they described it and like that is something I don't think people perhaps realize when they're listening to podcasts that they're imagining it and that's what's helping them to remember it whereas if you just give them like fact after fact after just like right. just embodied facts it's hard to like put it somewhere yeah exactly I think we're getting close to time but one of the questions that we normally ask our guests is what trends are you tracking what are you seeing emerging in the world in 2018 that you think might be relevant to learning or to media or to science is there anything new that's got your attention hmm, any trend can I have like a like a hopeful optimistic Please. trend yeah I think if I just like say it eventually yes. it may happen yes I feel like the anti-science trend is going to stop soon. It's going ah, to slow like down. Yes. I feel like it has been perpetuated by various places. And I feel like eventually people are going to realize, like, actually, they just want, if, whether they're looking for something that's going to help them live their life better or for the environment to improve or whatever, ultimately people do just want to know the truth. And eventually I feel like that things are going to turn and they're going to realize that like science, while not perfect, is our best way of getting there. And so this like anti-science message will eventually burn out. Fingers crossed. I hope so. You asked for questions. We uh, actually do have a question. This isn't like a theoretical thing. I think there's actually like a human with a question. Come walk over here. Your name is yeah. Brian because you're wearing a name tag. Yes. Brian, welcome. Welcome to the show. This is Brian. Excellent. All right. Hi, guys. I produce a podcast called Base Pairs. So it's a podcast about genetics. So it's kind Great of name. up your alley there, yeah. And the infotainment question. You yeah. were talking about how, you know, it might be science entertainment versus just entertaining and or educating. Where do you draw the line normally, Wendy? And this, this goes for you guys, too. Like, you can go down a really deep rabbit hole trying to educate your viewer about things. So is there a place where you normally draw the line, like a grade level, maybe? Me? The line is what's the point of the show? So I think like some daily shows like John Oliver is like effectively doing uh, edutainment kind mm. of, but the point of that show is to make you laugh. So they use the facts around them to make you laugh. And the purpose is to make you laugh. It's not to, you, some people think it's to entertain you, but it's really just to show how silly life is and how silly the facts are so that you laugh. Whereas a show like mine and a show like, like this one, the point is to make you learn. And if you laugh on the side or like the laughter is going to be like secondary. That is like this like weaselly light in the sand for me. What we're trying to do, and I think that what, you know, we talked about the sounds in your show, et cetera, is actually to make it more engaging so that there are stronger hooks so that you remember it more. So if the question is, are you trying to get someone to laugh versus are you trying to get them to learn? I think that's the wrong question. I think that a lot of the entertainment that you build into the show in this case, and in your case as a podcast host, should be in furtherance of getting people to learn what you're trying to tell them. That's maybe an imperfect answer too. That's why we're taking the tack that we're taking is actually to make the education happen more through providing a more engaging vehicle.
I'll close with the perfect answer. The baby bear. I, I try. I try. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's never made sense, by the way, because he should want the smallest porridge. But anyway. Right. Yeah. That. Wow. That was man. Big stuff. But basically, like storytelling and narrative are something we've evolved to do. So I think anything that sort of helps people remember by using good storytelling or narrative is actually a better way to teach. And then if you have good learning objectives and the intentionality that Brandon was talking about and Wendy was talking about, like, we're trying to educate people about a specific thing, then that's your learning objective. And you should be experiment. I would argue you should be experimental about your tactics. Like, don't limit yourself. Like, don't, don't accept the self-limiting belief that science is boring. It's not. Bad science is boring and bad education is boring. But good education, some of my best experiences growing up were teachers who were cool. You know, and we're kind of trying to translate that into new media. I wouldn't worry as much about it, honestly, especially if you know what your purpose is, which is to teach genetics. That seems like a good purpose. So take some swings. Wendy Zuckerman, thanks very much for joining us here. Thanks to our audience. We have a live audience. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for the question. Brandon, thanks as always. Yeah, thanks for being here. For our listeners, definitely have a listen to Science Versus with Wendy Zuckerman. Thanks so much. Thank you. And that'll bring this episode of The Best of Trending in Education to its conclusion. It was fantastic to start this conversation with Wendy. She's continued to do amazing work at Science Versus. Check out what she's doing. Hopefully you're enjoying what you're hearing as we gear up for our 500th episode of Trending in Ed in the coming weeks. We have new shows coming on the horizon and we'll still... Take these opportunities to showcase and highlight some of our most amazing conversations over the years. It's been fantastic to have such an incredible ride and to have listeners like you along with us for all of it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. <laughs>